I just think it's brilliant. We're, in, we're living in some strange times. And I think even for us, you kind of bring that right back home here. And I guess over the summer while you're away, and you just get time to reflect a bit where things are at, where you're at, kind of what's been happening. I've been doing a bit of that this last uh, few weeks. And so I just want to kind of really uh, just focus in a bit. I've just been thinking about this, about what it is to handle times of change. How do you handle changing times? I guess we're all going through some kind of change. I've just changed my job, kind of by a bit of default, really feels a bit like, it's a bit odd. Guy, I was kind of asked to cover a particular area covering, what well, I used to cover actually years and years ago when I first joined the church, was the Peak District. And um, I've been, I was kind of just a little bit involved on the edge of that, been a little bit involved in that, and then suddenly... One of my team has a serious accident. Probably never come back to work, actually. Um, but it kind of changed events, and suddenly I'm actually now the manager for that area again and put into that place. So I'm covering my office between Chapel and Dale. And I just think, oh, my God, just suddenly kind of can move situations and bring change. And it's how we handle that, how we respond to change, and how we do that. And sometimes, I guess, for me and others, it can be very unnerving, can't it? Some people like change. I like initiating change. And I like change. I'm not always good at handling it, even though I initiate it. And I'm not very good at even uh, shopping with my wife, Sally, this week. And uh, I was, she was just saying, oh, you need to get out a bit. Or you're getting a bit of a rut with the kind of style you are, the kind of things you buy. And to be honest, I get really nervous in changing the style. I Changing a pair of shoes. I don't do trainers. And I said, oh, I want a pair of trainers. I really, I can't have trainers for years. I have a pair of trainers. But when it came to it, and I'm looking at all these trainers with all these vivid colours, and they look like massive shoes and everything, that's what I opted for. No worries to trainers. Thank you. <laughs> but I couldn't do it. I'm not good sometimes with handling change. I don't know how you're doing. With that, how you handle change, and we're in a changing season. And you know, we've talked about this year being a year of transition, and um, particularly as we look to the future. But actually, things are changing. So, how do we keep ourselves secure in that? How do we hold on? How do we kind of keep our focus? How do we allow fear not to come in? How do we allow that uncertainty to not affect us in some way that we kind of marginalise ourselves beyond the edge of things? And one of my favourite. Chapters, I think, out of Psalms is Psalm 27. So if you want to turn to Psalm 27, I'm only going to read the first verse and then some verses later on. But David is a man who found that his life, his circumstance of his life, changed constantly. But he was a man who knew how to secure himself in God. He was a man who knew how to handle the change and not let it affect his life in such a way that he went off the rails, that he lost it, that he lost his focus, that he lost his way. And so Psalm 27 starts like this, because he found this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He found something, he found a secret somewhere 
that he was able to say those words, that he was able to secure himself in God in the midst of huge change and difficulties. There's uh, those that were pursuing him to kill him, to do away with him. There were those that were pursuing him to take possession of what he had that God had given him. And he would, could, could have so easily just retreated, and sometimes he did, but he'd retreated to strengthen himself. And he tried to kind of recoup himself in God, get himself in a good place again, even though fear may come in. And and fear isn't far from us very often, is it? It can be so close to us and circumstance can change so quickly that suddenly fear creeps in. And we feel vulnerable. And we feel insecure in the moment. And it can be really difficult. And yet, David found a place. Where he could say, the Lord is my light, my salvation. So, who am I going to fear? What shall I fear? What can I fear? Who shall I fear? Because he'd found a place of safety and security in God. And he found a place where he knew that all that he had and all that he was, was not in his possessions, not in his relationships, other than his relationship with God himself. And that's what counts. That's what mattered at the end of the day was David's relationship with God. That's what he was counting on. That's what he was banking on. That's what he was building to was that relationship because he knew the one who would take care of him. And then one of my favourite verses in Psalms talks about um, just knowing God and saying, the Lord will fulfil his purpose for me. And he just knew that. David could say that because he knew that no matter what happened, God would fulfill his purpose. His plans for David's life would be fulfilled. Even when David went off the rails. I thought it's quite interesting that here's a man who we know kind of fell morally quite significantly. A man who went against God, even against advice. And he took a census of the army when God said, don't do it. So the prophet Nathan said, don't do that. And he did. And he, he had to pay the consequences of his indiscretions and his failures but actually ultimately God never once took away his kingship God never once took away his anointing to be king he was secure in God and God did fulfill his purposes for David if he can do it for David I think he can do it for us I think he can do it for you that if we're willing to put our trust and throw everything in together. I thought this morning, Steve, your song selection was just so helpful. Those songs just taught really, just really, really affirmed to me that this is what God just want to encourage us with this morning. That even as we start a new term, I could have so easily jumped back into looking at the kingdom of God and the series that we're on at the moment. I wanted to actually, and that's where I kind of thought I was going until suddenly I felt God just saying, no, this is where I want to be. Because I felt God just want to encourage us and strengthen us that even in times of change, and it's going to get uncomfortable for some, it's going to be uncertain, it is for for us, and even as elders we can say at this point in time, there's a certain amount of uncertainty of the future, we don't, God hasn't told us everything yet, he hasn't laid it all out before us, I wish he would, make life a lot easier, kind of when it's all laid out and it's kind of set. You kind of know where you're going, don't you? And it's easy to follow a clear plan. It's easy to follow something that's set out for you. But actually, when it's uncertain, it takes faith and trust. 
actually it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to be strengthened. It's an opportunity to trust God in ways perhaps we haven't done before. And for things that we haven't had to trust for before. It's an opportunity. And we can see it, we can see it from a negative or we can see it from a positive. I think it's an opportunity. God's got a plan for us. Individually and corporately together. That he's longing to fulfill. That's both for where we are and for where we're going. And I want to encourage us. So what about you? Do you like change? Do you embrace change? Or do you resist change at all cost? And run from it as much as possible. But I find that actually most change is completely out of my control. Most changes out of my ability to do anything about it, to either stop it, slow it down, have an influence over how that change works out. Kind of circumstance just seems to happen around me that kind of dictates change in a way that I wouldn't like and I wouldn't choose. And it makes me uncomfortable. Like wearing shoes that I didn't quite get on with would make me uncomfortable. I feel very kind of... Just unsure, really. I'm not very good at that. So how are we going to handle it? Well, David knew the one who he'd put his trust in. He knew God. He knew the one whose his life was in God's hands. His security was found only in God. Even though he got a great army, and he could defeat most of the armies of his time that would come against him. He could defeat them. If he could defeat the Philistines with a single stone, I think that must have built his confidence up, kind of to take on anything. It would me, I think. But he knew God was with him. But he knew God. You see, God does not change. Malachi 3, verse 6, 8 says, For... The Lord says, I, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just as David could totally trust God, I think in the times we're in, so can we. If David could then, in such changing times he lived in, I think we can in our times, in our day, both for, for us as a church, but in our, changing in our nation, changing around the world, I know people who are so fearful, even Christians who are so fearful of the days we live in, that I know particularly of one who will not travel to London in case there's a terrorist attack in London. Will not get on an aeroplane. Will not get on a boat. Won't travel by train. Because such fear has gripped them, even though they know Jesus. Fear has gripped their heart in such a way that they won't do things because of the times we live in. has made them fearful. And we too could be like that. And we don't have, just because we're Christians, we're not immune to those things creeping into our lives. He does not change. We can trust him. We're safe and secure in his hands. And we can know him in the same way David knew him. Because he's our saviour and 
He's rescued us. Even we sang this morning how he's rescued us and his grace being given to us. Wonderful grace. So we need to, we sang a song thing talk about him being our anchor and we can throw our anchor into Jesus. And it's not, it doesn't have to be an anchor with a long rope on it. So we're dangling on the end, swinging around all over the place, blown about by every wind that comes and attacks. Now our anchor can be in our hands. Just throw it in and hang on to Jesus. And throw ourselves into him. Anchor ourselves in him. Anchor ourselves in the truth. I'm so stirred and have been over the summer. Just how much again I, I just sense I need to get myself more and more grounded back in the word of God. Just stirred again. And I love it when God moves and you kind of, God breaks in in power and we have manifestation of the spirit and I love that and I'm pursuing that with all my heart. But I want the security and the soundness and the foundation of the word and the truth that enables more flow of the Holy Spirit. Ground ourselves in the truth. Ground ourselves in the word of God. No, that's how we put our anchor into God. We get to know him. And we only get to know him by reading about him and reading the word and reading what he says. We put our anchor into God and secure it there. We learn to trust no matter what. That's a hard one, isn't it? Learn to trust no matter what. When every circumstance says opposite. When everything that we face is contradictory to what God says and the promises that we perhaps live with and the, the, the way we know we want to be and what we, what we want to see, we've got to trust. Trust is a choice. It's not a feeling. Don't feel like trusting so what? Trust. feel like screaming. That's okay. I've had my times. I've been out on the hills screaming at God. But I still trust. Tell him how I feel. Tell him what's going on. But still trust. Got to trust. And even though I cannot see way through, you might feel like sometimes you're caught between a rock and a hard place. You can't see a way through. Trust. When they got to the Red Sea, they were between a rock and a hard place. There was no escape. There was no way. They had to trust. And they didn't actually, did they? I mean, they, were, they didn't. The children of Israel didn't. Moses did. The children of Israel, you brought us here, we're going to drown. Brought here, we've got no escape. They're going to kill us. We either drown or we get killed. One way, we're going to die. One way or the other. Just what's the choice? No, we trust. God will make a way where there is no way. Put our trust in God. He's a loving father. He chose you. Remember, he chose you. Ephesians says he chose us to be in Christ before the foundation of the world. Even before we existed, he'd chosen us. And he knew the choice he made. And he's happy with the choice he made. He's content. He's not chose you and then said, well, actually, I'm going to unchoose you now. No, he's happy with the choice. He chose you and he's very happy with it. So he's a loving Heavenly Father that having chosen you, he will protect you. He will care for you as a loving Father. He will lead you as a good shepherd as we sang. He will. Because he's good. Another from another psalm, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures 
forevermore. If that's on offer, I want it. Don't you? And that is on offer to us. He'll make known to us the path of our life. And in his presence there's fullness of joy. Not just a bit, not a momentary thing. Not just to make us happy for the moment. Like some things do. They give us a fleeting, passing moment of joy and they're gone. No, this is joy that is ongoing, that passes our understanding. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want to know more of what those pleasures are. I want to indulge myself in the pleasures of God. And know them. And we can together. We can do this together. It's not just an individual thing. There's pleasures for us to enjoy together. Justin said to me before I started that, uh, well, I'll play some bets on 20 minutes. <laughs> so I don't know. Ask for grace. We all need grace. In Samuel, it says when David was being pursued, he hid himself away. And it says David strengthened himself in the Lord. Simple, simple line. Sounds simple. But he found a place where he could run to God. He found his quiet place. He found that place where he could get away with God, lock himself away, and he could be strengthened in the presence of God. And he did that through worship. He did that through intimacy with God. And he did that because he knew God. He had personal relationship. And he strengthened himself. He found grace in his time of need. He found favour with God in his time of need. And we too can find that place. And I'll say, allow God to use the uncertainties to work good in our lives. Because he always does. Things come along, uncertainty, difficulty, change happens, and God uses it for good. doesn't use it to harm us, doesn't use it for evil, he always uses it for good. It's an opportunity to allow God, so even to ask God and say, okay God, even in this change, even at this time, what good do you want to do in my life? What do you want to work in me? Well, there's an invitation for God to do something, isn't there? Who knows what he might do? Could be a little bit scary, that one. But he's promised, never leave us or forsake us. He's with us. And he's promised that to this church. I am with you. And he is. And he is with us. And uh, while I was away, I got an email about something concerning the church. I'll not tell you what it was. But even at that moment, it kind of felt a negative when I read it. And yet, actually, God just quickened my spirit, even as I read it. And God said, no, the truth is, I'm with you. The truth is, I'm for you. The truth is, I've got plans and purposes for you as a church. So don't, you don't have to listen to the negativity. We don't have to take that on board. We have to trust. And we have to look to God who says, I'm with you. And I'm with you for good. And I'm with you to do you good. And I'm with you to carry you through difficult times of change and circumstances that we have no control over. And God wants, even this morning, we're going to take communion in just a moment. We're going to come back and maybe do a song. But God just wants to strengthen some people this morning. So the end of Psalm 27, if you go to the end last verses of Psalm 27, David comes to this conclusion. Having gone through a kind of section in the middle, I haven't got time to do all this book, I'd love to, all this chapter, I'd love to do it. Um, but I haven't got time. But he says this, this 
this is his conclusion. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's his hope. That's his faith. That's his trust. That's why he's put his trust in God. Even though he's kind of gone through, kind of starts off really well at the beginning of 27, kind of goes through all the difficulties that he's facing in the middle of kind of that chapter, and he comes to the end and he says this, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he encourages his own heart with these things. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. David's encouraging his own heart here. This is not to us. He's not speaking necessarily to the reader. He's speaking to his own heart here. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. In conclusion, I just want to say, I think that's just an instruction, but it is an instruction for us. It is an instruction for us. Let's wait for the Lord. See what he'll do. See what he'll unfold. See what he has to say. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's not kind of begin to plan some of our own things and sometimes how we can plan ways around some of the changes and circumstances that God's allowing in our lives and corporately together. But let's wait for the Lord. See what he says. See where he leads. Let's be strong and let's take courage of heart. Because God wants to bless us and his plan is to bless us and his plan is to do us good. So we can be strengthened in God. So even as we kind of start beginning of this term, as we're looking ahead for the remainder of this year and what God's got for us for the future, I want to say let's, let's trust God. Let's take heart and be of good courage because God's with us. Let's just stand together, shall we? 23 minutes. I lost the bet. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just want to thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father who loves each one of us and you want to do us good. And you have good plans for us and you will fulfill them. And even though things that you've promised to us, things we've dreamed of, have not yet come to pass, Lord, we know we can trust you because you're faithful and you do not change. And you're not a liar. You do what you say you'll do. We thank you, Jesus. Now come to us, Holy Spirit. Would you just come and rest on us? Pray now, would you strengthen us? There's some people here, you need to be strengthened in your heart. You know you've, you've been discouraged. Your heart's weak. God wants to strengthen you right now. He wants to encourage your heart right now. With grace. I just want to ask you, if that's you, just lift out your hands before God. Right now, the Holy Spirit's here. And I wants to do this. Now come Holy Spirit, I ask you now, just strengthen some hearts this morning. Some hearts have been made weak through disappointment. Some hearts have been made weak through loss. Some hearts have been made weak through hardship and difficulty. Now I pray, would you strengthen hearts this morning? Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, strengthen hearts. Strengthen hearts. 
I know some I know there's some people here and you've got a broken heart. Your heart's breaking. Jesus said, I've come to bind up the broken hearted. There's some broken hearts here this morning and God wants to heal your broken heart. And I know there's a process in that, and I understand that, and there's some things to work through as well, but there's a there's a work of the spirit to be done in touching broken hearts. And I feel even now where some, some and you've tried to handle it on your own, you've tried to just work through it, and you say, well, it's just what it is, it's just life, it's just how it is. And I just feel God said, no, no, I want to come to your heart, and I want to bind up that broken heart, and I can fix it, and I can put it right, and I can deal with the pain that you've gone through that's caused that broken heart, and I can put it right, and I can make a change for good, if you'll allow me to. So I just want to pray now. If you've got a broken heart, again, just lift your hand before God. Nobody's looking. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I know God wants to just touch that this morning. Very specifically, a broken heart right now. In Jesus' name, I pray, begin the healing process right now. Binding up those broken hearts right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And some, I know we've tattled this many, many times, fear just creeps in. And we can deal with it in the moment and it's gone and yet it creeps in again and again. And I just want to say again, remember this morning, as we take, we're going to take communion now. And as we do, remember, there's one who paid a price that did it all for us that we don't have to live in fear. That we don't have to be slave to any fear. We can be completely free from it. Even though it can be so close, it doesn't have to rule us and have rule over us. We can walk free of fear. Because that's what this is about this morning. The, the cross is about our freedom from sin, from fear and from death. That we might have life. Have it to the full. And as you even take communion this morning, I feel that for some there's going to just be a work in the heart of God just dealing with some fear, where fear's got in, where fear's right on the edge. You could so easily give in, God's going to do that. Steve, would you just come, would you play for us? Lord, we just thank you for bread and the wine. We thank you for your body broken for us. We thank you for the blood shed upon the cross. We thank you, Jesus, and we just honour you this morning. We honour you this morning. We thank you for who you are and for your work, your finished work of Calvary. We thank you it was sufficient for us that we might be saved and called children of God. Thank you, Jesus. We honour you.